We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Okay, Lori, a hilarious thing happened yesterday. Oh no, what? Well, I'm sitting at church. We're doing a run through before the service and I looked down and my Jason started killing himself laughing. He was sitting beside me and I was like, what's so funny? He's like, look at your shoes. I had two different shoes on oh my at church gosh, what? i had run out of the house i had you know, you know when you get up you get dressed and you put on two different shoes you're like which one looks better oh yeah totally i i didn't end up changing them oh. so i ran out of the house with two different pairs of shoes so i'm sitting in church ready for our service to start kind of going through the last oh. minute details and my jason started killing himself laughing looking down i had two different shoes on so all morning People were just laughing at me, making fun, like hilarious, like hilarious. I people notice like two so different awesome. shoes. <laughs> now, good thing they were like the same style of shoe. There you so, go. So they felt the same on your feet. That's why I yeah, messed you they up. They felt the same. It wasn't like two different sides of heels or <laughs> which would be really scary that if I went to church be, not noticing that. But isn't that funny? Completely different colors. I so. guess that's um, a sign that you have a lot on your mind. <laughs> it is. Or I'm a super trendsetter. <laughs> yeah. Someone said to me, yeah, you that's know. trendy. I'm you like, got, uh, you got the kids wearing all different socks for like, you know, have you ever wore two different socks? No, I've no, never done. No, me neither. Have you? No, no, I just, no, no. I'm, I'm matchy. I have to try not to be matchy match. <laughs> I like to match too. I know. Well, listen, I think only other one time have I come really close. Now I'm thankful I wasn't singing yesterday. So my shoes, it really, it really didn't matter. I was just hosting in the in the foyer and pastoring people but one time honestly there was the end of a message and i was late getting back on stage just when you have a song at the end of a message oh yeah one, one of those moments when you're like running down the hall and you realize like you've got to get on stage right now and i put my uggs on and i was wearing a dress and my heels were killing my feet i literally was <laughs> running about to run on stage with my uggs like and they weren't nice Uggs. They were like the ones I wore out in like the Like your snow. slipper ones oh, that are all falling apart. All falling apart. Like not my good ones. Even then. Like I was wearing a nice dress with a pair of like Uggs. And last minute I just happened to look down because behind the stage it's all black. And just dawned on me. And I had just not a time to go back and slip on my heels and run up on stage. And it ended up being right at the perfect time. Oh my goodness. That close. Like it was one of those... I don't even know, like Holy Spirit moments where I looked down. I was like, I'm in my Uggs. <laughs> I can't go on stage in my Uggs. Like my old winter boots. Oh my gosh. I so think it's one of my favorite shoes. things that when I see the worship leaders wearing their outfit with their winter boots because they <laughs> forgot to bring their shoes <laughs> and they're up there. Happened. I have seen that. Like I've seen like, and they're in like yeah. snow boots. Oh, and yeah. they're, and you know that they didn't want to wear <laughs> snow boots. I know. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to make it home. Only it in Canada. It it's so funny. It is So funny. the question, is is it better to wear your snow boots with your dress or your outfit or is it better to wear bare feet sock feet oh that's a really good <laughs> question uh, i think if it was really I, big snow I boots think probably socks sock feet. <laughs> <laughs> than the snow boots <laughs> that i know we've had that happen so funny because you come to rehearsal too or 
you start to walk on stage. You've just worn them the whole morning and then yes. you, f- you almost forget to change your shoes. Yes. We've noticed that for each other before. I'm always like, if I'm still wearing these shoes, oh, please yeah. somebody let me know. Oh, I do that too. Cause I usually wear a different pair of shoes. Like yeah. two, yeah. you know, to church. And then I put my other, my fancier shoes on or whatever the heels. So, this yeah. is a Canadian, this is yeah, the Canadian yeah. issue. The way. Yeah. Canadian yeah. way for sure. You oh. have Uggs for outside and nice Uggs for inside. Cause your feet are freezing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you're making me laugh right now yeah they're my ugly uggs like they weren't even my nice uggs you're like no. what no like literally <laughs> but i know what you mean you know what I mean? Uggs like, in a dress doesn't work anyways no no not even if they're nice uggs like it doesn't work you know oh my gosh oh, you're making me laugh today <laughs> i know it's so funny so anyway that happened yesterday and that was i don't think i've worn two different shoes to church before that was a first that's a that's a good one that's a good one i love it i love first. it thanks so, for sharing that with us today. i know we're, we're gonna we'll have a so, good laugh yeah that's a good laugh so speaking about church you know a couple months ago i became campus pastor at orleans which was such an honor and i had someone come up to me and just say oh congratulations on your promotion and it just got me thinking, you know, and I just right away when she said it, I, I know she meant it in a way of like, I'm yeah, so happy. Like, congratulations. Proud of you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is amazing. But I just looked at her and I, it was just like my spirit right away was like, oh, it's not a promotion. It, we don't go up a ladder when we are, you know, when that this happens in our, in the church world, I actually get to go lower. I get to serve more. And she was like, oh, and then I just started thinking about like working in the corporate world, having done that, you know, everything was about climbing a corporate ladder. Everything was about promotions, titles, image, what you, how you were perceived more power and influence, but it really was that corporate ladder, which we hear, but in the kingdom of God in serving in the house of God, it literally, when I say the higher meaning the more, the more the weight, the position is, yeah, the more responsibility, more the responsibility, it actually is more on your knees and more in a posture of kneeling and serving. And I couldn't help but just think of Jesus. You know, not only does Jesus leave his heavenly kingdom as the son of God in all of its glory and splendor and divinity, he comes to earth and takes on the form of a man, which is such a humbling act. Well, a a baby, like submits himself literally to the womb of a woman. Like the, uh, yeah. And not even the greatest kingdom on earth. No. Like nobody's. A lowly, yeah. Lowly, in the lowliest of place, born in a stable, yeah. put in a feeding trough, really, yeah. Yeah. the lowest of the low. And then you see that even through the scriptures, his example of servanthood. And then we lead right to that moment where he gets on his knees and he washes the disciples' feet. And that like the servanthood, that posture of being served, um, him serving humanity. And then he serves his life gives his life as a ransom. And I just was just been pondering that, like the, how society has so mixed that up, but the kingdom way is the upside down way. It's the opposite way in the world. It's about more power and prestige. And in the kingdom of God, it's about more humility and servanthood and lowliness and recognizing that the more responsibility, the greater the place of servanthood. And so it's just been really speaking to my spirit and me just kind of bringing that to the Lord and saying, God, may you continually bring me to that place of understanding more and more about servanthood and humility because I know my ego and my pride feed like the flesh feeds crazy and loves to pull on affirmation and validation from people. That is the fleshly part. But may my spirit pull from humility and servanthood and lowering myself, seeing literally that lowering, the 
the more responsibility, the lower I get more on my knees, like more on my knees. And so, you know, that's just something I've just been ponder- like pondering. How do yeah. you feel about this conversation and what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a beautiful and powerful perspective. And I think it is so aligned with the heart of the gospel. And just what a beautiful moment to recognize in that moment that like you didn't want to receive sort of the pride of, wow, look at you, like, you know, this promotion and, oh, all this, this new position, congratulations. You know, you've earned this, you deserve this, like all of this kind of language of, you know, earning meritocracy, you know, moving through, moving up, you know, up the chain and up the corporate ladder of life and this and that and more um, esteem and more power and more, you know, privilege and more da, 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 all of that. Right. But to recognize in that moment, like, no, 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 wait a second. Like, I just recognize the great responsibility that I have. And I want to serve this responsibility as opposed to get puffed up by this. Right. Um, our human, our human tendency to, to do that. So I just, I just love that. And I think that's it. This is an important conversation because, you know, whether you like serve in the church, you know, uh, which is our vocation, um, or you serve out in the world, this gospel mindset can be anyone's mindset. And I feel like if we can embrace what the scriptures say and live it out, then God can and will continue to entrust us with more. His word faithfully teaches us how to walk this road. And it's exactly what you just described. I love, and we often reference the um, parable of the talents, you know, you have been faithful with a little, so I will entrust you with more. And that's really what this whole journey and walk is all about. Have you been faithful with what God has put in your hands? Have I been faithful to steward that which God has placed in my hands? Steward it well, sow it well, return it back unto the Lord faithfully And then if yes, then he can entrust me with more. And if no, and it's okay if it's no too, because no is part of the journey as well. Like where I have not yet been faithful, that's part of the learning and part of the journey too. All it means is I can't yet be entrusted with more. I need to continue to learn how to steward that faithfully. And the stewardship, it comes from servanthood. It does. It comes from lowering ourselves and being able to come under people and lift them up, being able to come under and serve them, serve them with whatever God has given me. Um, Not everything. No one is everything to everyone. No one has everything to offer. And I know, you know, in this whole journey of sort of where God has brought me to and just the step-by-step-by-step journey, you know, I just... I can think of very specific moments from like, you know, okay, Lori, I want you to go um, to this trailer park, you know, about an hour outside of Ottawa and pick up some youth for, you know, for youth every, every week. Okay, God, I'll do that. No problem. And every week go and pick up these two girls, have an hour's long chat in the car, bring them to youth, drive them home, come back every single week. But it's like in that moment, you don't realize the significance of that obedient yes to then it's the next one. Okay. I want you to gather a group of women together and just talk about life, talk about me, you know, support each other, love each other. And all of a sudden this little group of women turns into 
you know, group of 50 women. And you're like, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Like what, you know, mm. but you're faithful, you're faithful. You keep, and the Lord keeps stewarding. And there were many seasons of my life too, where I didn't steward well. And sort of that process gets stalled, <laughs> kind of slows down, you know, or you get fixed on the wrong thing. And that, that, that movement of, you know, what God wants to entrust into your hands gets slowed down. You know, lately, I feel like, um, you know, as yeah, as you've transitioned into the campus pastor, um, which, by the way, I absolutely love and you're thriving in this role in such a beautiful way just to watch how, you know, you've taken such ownership of the campus and every aspect of the leadership of it has been really beautiful to see and to just be alongside you in it. It's it's absolutely incredible. But also um, just the way that it's freeing Jay, Jay and I up to continue to lead, you know, the whole of Life Center, all of our campuses and the future of what God has. It's really, it's really quite remarkable and quite incredible. Um, but yeah, stepping into this new, uh, this new position as well, like it really does feel exactly the way that you're describing. Like there's no, um, like there's no pride in it and there's no, there's no hierarchy in the sense of feeling like, uh, we're over better than like more qualified, more. We don't feel like that in any way at all. In fact, it does feel exactly like you're describing just the chief, the chief servants, you know, and can we surrender it all to the Lord? Can we daily lay it down before the Lord and say, Lord, what do you have today? What are you speaking today? What are you showing us today? And then being faithful and obedient to lead to, you know, lead through that. And so, so yeah, I I love that. And Jesus himself said, you know, the greatest in the kingdom is a servant of all. And then he himself modeled that throughout his life for us in such a powerful way. And um, I think if we can grab hold of that, I think if we can live that out, no matter what our sphere is, first, it's going to be, you know, in our own lives and the sphere of influence God's given us. Maybe that starts with your family. If you have a family, if you're single, maybe that starts around your workplace, um, your neighbors. It, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're a senior and you're retired, then it could be your neighborhood. It could be, you know, your friend group. It Again, it whoever you come into contact with, is who God has called you to steward. And it doesn't have to be formal and it doesn't have to be positional and it doesn't have to be any of that. But these are the people God has entrusted your life to be a light to and to bring the light of Christ to. And um, and it's powerful and it's meaningful and you don't need a title for it and you don't need a position for it. And I think if we can get that, if we can get that, then we're actually free to lead the way that the Holy Spirit is leading us to lead. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I love that. Because the position, the title, all that stuff actually just gets in the way. It It actually just gets in the way. It gets in the way Mm. of what the Holy Spirit really wants to do through us. And, um, and I think that's really powerful. I love that revelation. I know it is. It is a powerful, when you think about all your moments of saying yes, your moments of, like you said, not being faithful, the moments that you have allowed things to get in that place into your heart you know, I think back when we, there was one day, I think we've talked about this before, but there was one day I was lugging water bottles. And the, early when I started in ministry back in ministry a couple of years ago, um, every week, every <laughs> week we'd be lugging like, I don't know, 10 cases, like those of 40 water. cases, those 40 yeah. cases from Costco, those 40 bottles, oh. those things are, yeah. 
like every week getting the whole all the lounges ready and I remember one day I was getting so angry like why am I lugging the water bottles like I'm sweating I'm, I have a gimpy arm I'm like so agitated grabbing these bottles and like where is anyone helping and I just felt the Holy Spirit like convict right to my heart like in that moment he said because I'm asking you to carry the water bottles and this is the way I want you to serve the church on Sunday. I want you to put water bottles in all the rooms because I'm asking you to do that. Is this too big for you? Like, is this too much for you? Right. To, Are you uh, too big for this? Yeah, exactly. That's a better way. Yeah, exactly. Are yeah. you too important? Are you too, like, to be able to do this? And I just remember feeling like, oh, God, I repent. I am happy <laughs> mm. to carry the water bottles. So it is this joke in my heart. Like, every time I'm about to do something, I feel this little bit of, like, why am I doing this? Where is all the help? Like people walking by you and the young staff. <laughs> We're the younger staff. And you're lugging all this sweating. You're like, and someone just walks, hi. And you're like, seriously? Did you not just see what I'm doing? Can you not just stop and help me? I feel like, no, I'm happy. To, this is my water bottle moment. I'm happy if God just asked me to put water bottles in the rooms and that's what he's asking. Happy to do it. I am never more important than the greatest like servanthood moment ever. scrubbing the toilets whatever exactly. it is exactly whatever's yep. needed pulling the weeds that's right that's right watering the garden you name it yep cleaning up garbage this is what it's about and so i think when we get ourselves ourselves get in the way we really are robbed from what god wants to teach us and i think this is such a western world thing this celebrity like when you're a, like even celebrity a pastor, a pastor yeah. and there's a celebrity feel to it this is not the kingdom of God. It's the opposite. That yes, do we have influence? And is that great responsibility? Absolutely. But what is the greatest is our heart to be able to serve and to see it not as this is about me. It's about the kingdom and whatever God's asking. And no matter where I am, there's many water bottle moments that people don't see. That's what God sees. It's the water bottle moments. So those moments like you were talking about, Lori, those listening, those moments at work, those water bottle moments, when you just do something, because you're just loving people and serving without being acknowledged, without the accolades, that is what the kingdom of God is about. And when we lose the water bottle moments in our lives, we lose something really special. We do because we actually get in the way and we just lose that, that posture of heart of being on our knees to say, I'm serving because I truly love and because I love, I don't need to be seen or acknowledged. I do this for the kingdom of God. And so may you be encouraged. We are, there's many opportunities to have water bottle moments. Oh yeah. Many. Oh, definitely. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about, um, like doing things for affirmation or Ooh. needing or wanting or desiring affirmation in what we do, you know, cause you mentioned a minute ago about sort of a celebrity sense yeah. of like, you know, the celebrity pastor and like, we've seen, we've, we've seen many people who are like, you know, what you'd call more famous, well-known, um, you know, well-known on social media, well-known in the news, well-known in, you know, uh, have large platforms or very, very large churches, you know, in the tens of thousands, all of these things and have sort of this celebrity culture that they're feeding into. And then we've seen many of them also fall um, or have major, you know, m like major falls. Um, in the midst of that, you, you recognize that in that space, you know, if there's this need for affirmation for what I'm doing from other people, then I think we're buying into this, um, 
unending like race, unending thing that we're trying to, to gain that never can be filled. It never, ever can be filled by the affirmation of men, by the affirmation of other people. Um, it can have a temporary, like it feels really good in the moment. And you're like, wow, like I did such a good job because so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so said I did. Um, and that can feel really good in the moment, but at the end of the day, you know, the Lord really knows our heart. And if we're not coming before him and actually saying like, is my heart pleasing to you? Like, is my attitude pleasing to you? It really is in those spaces, in those quietness, like you described in the water bottle moments, like it's when nobody else is looking and what are the attitudes that are kind of pouring out of our heart? What are those needs that are pouring out of our heart? That if we can get that affirmation from the Lord, we actually will have a fulfillment beyond what anything external could ever give us because that external one, it's almost like an addiction that then makes you do what you do to get, to gain that affirmation or to gain, to be seen, to gain, you know, and it's a never ending painful cycle. And you see this on social media too. You see, you know, different people who, um, and, and I've been guilty of this. Like I, I, I can say this because I've, I've, played the game, you know, I've been on the game. Like, you know, you put something out there and then you check and see how many likes it got, or you put something out there and you're like, oh, did people find that funny? Oh, da, 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 da. Oh, I'm so whatever. And it, and it does, it feeds you. You get that dopamine hit, you know, from it. All of this is happening and there's literally a physio- physiological response that can happen in that. But again, this is a game that the enemy just wants to get a hook in us into a game where we will never truly actually be satisfied. It only leads us to wanting more of that and leads us into this rat race of looking for something externally that only God can provide. And God wants to provide in fullness and in purity. And that comes in secrecy and that comes in hiddenness. That doesn't come on a platform that doesn't come externally. And that's, that's also part of this journey of like surrender and the prayer of John, Lord, that I may decrease so that you can increase in me. Um, you know, getting to that place and love how you said, no, like as I get more responsibility, I need to get lower. I need to get on my knees and I need to serve. And how much more do I need God in that space? And so, man, like I just pray as we talk about this, that, you know, my spirit (laughs) wins over my flesh so that this could be my pursuit always that it would never be for the looking for the affirmation of man, that it would never be, that would never be my motive in the midst of what God has entrusted to me. It is so true. That's a powerful way that you've articulated, Lori, because it really is like a house of cards. I feel like when you build up this kingdom of depending on people's affirmation and validation, think of how quickly you could just pop over that house of cards. It's not real. It's not sustainable. It's actually not a secure foundation. It's only God. He's the cornerstone. It's the only one that we can build our house upon, like the sand or the house, like the house of cards. Like it's just so fragile, just slips out of your fingers. You can't hold on to it. And that once again, it's this never ending need to continue to fill because it doesn't satisfy. It actually is not meant to satisfy what God can only do in our spirit. 
I have also struggled, like in my own life, I have struggled with affirmation and validation. I absolutely, part of the striving, part of the perfectionism in my life has been because of image, because of how I'm perceived, what people think about me, loving people, but also that can easily twist to be like, I also love what people think of me. I'm, I want to please people. And that can become idolatry where pleasing people becomes more important than pleasing God. And when we please God and we follow his heart, it always loves people. It always comes from a place of people, it all uh, from loving people because God is love. Like the greatest of all is love. And when we capture the heart of God and the validation that he sees in us as his children, and when we hear what pleases him and we spend that time to know, and we are quickly, it doesn't mean it doesn't end. We always it's like that flesh and spirit. We can't just get rid of it. It's not like all of a sudden it's like I've overcome. I never ever need people's validation again. Personally, that's not the case. I but my prayer is like God help me to recognize it and come too quick. Help me to recognize when all of a sudden I start to place the validation, the affirmation of my worth on people instead of on what you think. Now, do I love, should we receive compliments? We're not saying when someone compliments, you're like, oh no, like you're not talking about false humility here. Like, oh no, it's only God. No, receive it. It's a beautiful thing, but it's when it gets into my spirit and it roots in, and now that's my worth. Now that becomes, oh, I'm doing a good job because people see that, they acknowledge that instead of saying, thank you so much. And I give it back to God. It's literally like, it just flows right through me and the glory goes to God, you know, saying, thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Thank you for taking the time to encourage my heart today. God is really doing it, like bringing him into it, but acknowledging that he's a part of it. And I think that's important too, because we're not saying when someone compliments, like if someone compliments you, Lori, you don't want to be like, oh no, it's only God. We're saying to say, thank you so much. Receive that compliment, but say like, God, this is all for you. This is like, I think Catherine Kuhlman used to say, it's like a bouquet of roses. Hmm. People would give compliments and she would almost take it like a rose and at the end of the day say, all of this belongs to you. This is a bouquet I'm presenting to you. And that's always stuck with me that, you know, I am just flowing these flowers right through to God's hands. Everything I have is from him. And, uh, but it really is when it starts to take root to bring worth and our focus and idolatry because then we get in the place of where God needs to be in our hearts and lives. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And big time, it's a motive thing, right? It is. Like, and that that's only a space that the Lord, like the Lord can see. That's really, sometimes we're not even in touch with that. But yeah. once we do get in touch with that, like that's a space that the Lord deals with in our motives because often people can't see it externally. That's right. Sometimes they can, sometimes it's obvious, but a lot of times it's not. It's very, very hidden inside of our character. What would you say to somebody who maybe is, like feeling like they're in the background, they're unseen. Maybe they're feeling a little bit like the the guy in the parable of the talents with one talent. And they just feel like, man, like I got the short end of the stick. Like, like I don't, I'm not doing anything I love. Um, you know, when, when it comes to like the relationship with God, when it comes to serving the Lord and doing things for the Lord and, you know, and maybe they have these hopes and dreams and they're unrealized. And they're just frustrated in that place. Like, what would you say to somebody who is sort of on the opposite end of the spectrum of that? Because, you know, for you and for I, the reality is like part of our tension as leaders and again, as pastors who are out front in public, you know, our tension is, okay, Lord, like we want to recognize that anything that you do and everything that you do, um, 
particularly if it's the things that are empowered by your spirit, they're really not me anyways. That's the work of your spirit. So, you know, if somebody's touched because of, you know, a phone call and a conversation and a prayer that you had, that's really the work of the spirit. I didn't really do anything. Sure, I was a conduit for that, but I can't really take any credit for that because I I don't have any power to supernaturally, you know, impact someone's life. You know, if you come to church and you're worship leading and someone's profoundly like set free from something during worship, like you personally, because you were singing, you didn't do that. Like the Holy Spirit did that because he's the only one that has the power to do that. So there's this recognition of that. But also there is an affirmation that comes in that because usually that person will come to you and say, Oh my goodness, when you were leading worship, you know, and you you did this part, you know, you did this exhortation. Like I just felt, you know, tingles from the top of my head, you know, and I felt I got set free like that. When they tell you that, that feels amazing to be a part of that, for the Holy Spirit to use you in that moment. Maybe you brought a word in that moment and it brought freedom and like it feels amazing. But what about the person who feels like they have no opportunity for that? And they're just like, they feel hindered. They feel held back. They feel like they're just not doing what they would desire to do. How do how does that person reconcile even what we're talking about today about you know stewarding what is in our hands and ultimately becoming the greatest servant of all? How does a person reconcile that oh, when they're a, on the other side of this conversation? That's a really great question. Well, I think first off, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to give you a fresh perspective, a fresh perspective to see your life as an opportunity to minister. And exactly like it talks, God says like the greatest will be the the least is the least in the kingdom of God is the greatest. Like it really is the least on earth is the greatest. I'm, I'm saying this wrong, but yeah, 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 yeah. it really is to give, have a fresh perspective yeah. on your life and to say, God, give me the eyes to see how I can minister and love people and do it for you that you're watching and you see to know that you see and you are going to, you're, you're involved in all of this. I think secondly too, we can't always just wait for opportunities just to present themselves. I think we have to put ourselves as well into positions to serve that if you have a passion, just say to serve in, I just think of our food bank, you have such a passion to see a whole inner city area and to see it transformed for Jesus. You don't have to wait till you're asked to come and speak this great, start serving, start loving, go and stock the shelves go and sweep the floors go we've all started there that's and let the lord take care of what the next step is but it starts with that first that first moment to say yes i'm going to put myself out there not waiting to be asked but praying and say okay god this is my passion this is what i really feel you're putting on my heart it may not be in your job not everyone's job like let's be honest absolutely like we work in ministry yes this is very unique it's our passion it's our life it's our spiritual it's all of it involved but many people that's not the case god is using you in your workplace absolutely but you could have passions that actually is not part of your work ask the holy spirit god just lead and direct and then put yourself out there go and serve open your hands and say i'm going to give my time and i think as you do that Watch the Lord do that. If you go in open-handed, you don't go in closed fist with a mindset or an expectation, but you go to say, I am lowering myself on my knees to serve this ministry, to serve this area of the city, to serve whatever it may be that God's putting in your heart and let God move you in that place, how he determines, but hold it lightly. But if that's your desire, say yes, just 
put yourself out and say yes. Don't wait to be invited. Put yourself in those in those places and positions and ask the Lord so where good. that may be. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's first so perspective good. and say yes. I think sometimes too you have to lay down the desires that you have. You have to lay them down at the foot of the cross, surrender them, submit them to the Lord. Because sometimes what we see is not the same as what God sees. And you know the scriptures say, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." But the the whole point of the scripture is delight yourself in the Lord. And mm-hmm. so I think as we lay down what we hope, what we desire, what we imagine, um, you know, sometimes people will ask and sort of want to put themselves into a certain position that they think, I don't know that they want or, or whatever, but it's not affirmed, you know, it's not affirmed in the same way yet for them. And there, there can be frustration there, but I think you have to lay all of that down and trust, you know, if God wants you somewhere, nothing is going to stand in the way of getting you there. Nothing. And if you're not there, there might be a reason that you're not, and maybe there's something that you're missing. And so I think the enemy also can really rob us when we uh, are fixated on that it needs to look this one way. I want to do this, and it has to look this way. And if it doesn't come this way, I'm going to be eternally unsatisfied. That is not true. That is a lie from the enemy. That is a distraction from the enemy. And I love how you said, a new perspective. We need a new, a fresh perspective on what God has called us to do. And even the scriptures in Corinthians talk about how the lowliest parts of the body then are the ones that are honored and needed. And the truth is that no matter what part of the body you are, you are absolutely necessary and yes. absolutely needed. Yes. But there is a coming to terms with and accepting the part of the body that you are, that God has called you to play. It, it, We have to. We have to come to terms with that and we have to fully embrace that and we have to accept that. And if there's frustration there, if there's disappointment there, give that over to the Lord. Let God redeem that. Let God heal that. Let God show you the value that you have to bring to the body of Christ. And let God show you how much he values you and values you as that part of the body. Because again, if you're living in frustration and disappointment, then my guess might be or my challenge might be that maybe you're actually not playing the part that you're mm, meant to play. That's so good, Lori. Because yeah. because I don't think I think if you are, it doesn't come with frustration and disappointment. It actually comes with great fulfillment. But there can be some surrendering and some laying down of what we want, how we want God to use us and how God has actually created us to be, you know, used and a part of the body, the part that he's called us to play. So, so again, even as we have this conversation and the heart behind it really is embracing a servant's mindset mm-hmm. That if you're frustrated about where you are or you just feel like, man, like I just, there's so much more in me, just even surrender that. And even in that space, become a servant, give whatever God has placed in your hands, give it to the Lord and the principle will absolutely come to pass. If you're faithful with a little, he will entrust you with much. Be faithful to steward what God has placed in your hand. Be content in that. Don't be frustrated in that. Don't be disappointed in that. Lay that down. Let God redeem that for you. Let God restore that. Let him restore the joy of your salvation so that you can walk in the fullness and the empowerment of the spirit. Because I promise you, you've got a part to play and it is significant 
and it matters greatly and every part is necessary. And so we want to see you thriving. We want to see you just excited about how God wants to use you and bringing that wherever you go, whether that's at home, whether that's with your family, whether that's in your workplace, whether that's at church and your church family, wherever it is, we want to see you operating in that. But it really is the key servanthood. It is servanthood. And as we're closing today, we want to encourage you in that, that you can follow your king, the greatest example of love and servanthood and humility from what he did by laying down his life. No greater love than he does lay down his life for his friends. And that is what he has done. Jesus laid his life down so you can follow a king that has set the perfect example. And he has also empowered you to live in that way of servanthood because he's given you the Holy Spirit that convicts us, that leads and guides us. So our hearts are open. He will lead and guide you in that place of humility as we surrender to our King and follow him. So hold fast and don't lose heart on the journey. We need you. You are loved. You are worthy. You are valued. Have a great, great day. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and He is always with you.